This episode contains content that some listeners may find disturbing. If you would rather not hear conversations about mental health and suicide, please feel free to skip this episode. If you or anyone you know is struggling with suicide, you can reach the toll-free 24-7 National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or chat online with staff from the Lifeline. If you're thinking about suicide, you deserve immediate help. Please call the Trevor Lifeline at 866-488-7386 or chat with a counselor online or text Trevor to 1202-304-1200. Welcome to Uber Conference, the best conferencing solution. And you're like, are you trying to like, what? what is what is the goal of this voice? It becomes very sultry and seductress. Yeah, exactly. It was very sultry. And maybe that's just me. And, and like, breathy. Maybe like a low cut, maybe like a sultry voice is the equivalent of like a low cut dress. Then I need to be like, hey, don't over sexualize it, jackass. Oh my God. No, but that a, might woman be a, thing. Like a, a woman with like a deep voice. It's like, I discovered a boner. Yeah, just like, but like, maybe I should be like, hey, just let's not make it a sex object. But I don't know. I personally am like, that sultry voice is a little no, like, I'm arousing. I'm, I am objectifying the women. Okay, as long as you know, like, as long as you're clear about it's, that, it's fucking. It is hot, that is hot to me. Like fucking so, like Juliet so, Lewis. Who's Juliet Lewis? Oh my fucking get educated! Who the how do you know who the fuck Julie, Juliet Lewis is? I be should I know who Juliet Lewis is? Yeah, have you ever seen um Natural Born Killers? No, I've never seen it either. But I know she's in that movie with Woody Harrelson. Okay, her um, voice is just fan fucking tastic. Or Daryl Hannah. Uh, do you ever see Kill Bill? Yeah, she is the eye patch one. Uh oh okay yeah but, sorry good. I was I was I what? literally was looking her up as you were talking she she looks weird Julia uh, Lewis or Daryl Hannah Daryl Hannah yeah she's interesting uh, okay. time so, has so. not been kind to her uh also this is this is what I'm okay I don't know anything she's done Julia Lewis she's like everywhere she was None big in like things. the late in the 90s. Okay, so she was in National Lampoon. She was in The Switch. I might have seen her in The Switch. I have never but everything seen else that. here was like pretty uh like B-movie. Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah, she's a she's a B-movie actress, but like she's really good at it. Okay, and you apparently get turned on by her sultry voice? Yes, and just like her kick-ass attitude. She she has a band. She sings. She's like a rock band. I almost think that you might like her more than your other crush from the 5-year engagement. Um, no, Emily Blunt is like goals. Yeah, like like goals, like you want to be Emily Blunt, or goals I mean, like you want a relationship like Emily Blunt. I want her to be her and with her at the same time. This is a shockingly large amount of time I've spent talking about women. I don't think I've spent this long talking with a man about women in uh, five years. This is Interrobang. The Banter and Bullshit Podcast with a bang. I'm Quentin. I'm Mike. And today's topic, your brain sucks. <laughs> but before we get into that, we got some supplemental tops we got to discuss, don't we? Oh, we do. Let's see. What are our tops today? Uh, so what do you have? Because you, I think I went first last time. Uh, did Okay. All right. So like, are we doing our questionable excitables? Because I want to do those. Or are we doing like... It's a fucking episode. We do that at the end. Okay, fine. Sorry. It's a new layout. It's only the third episode. Jesus. All right. Well, my only supplemental top that's not like a questionable, excitable then would be like, apparently coach class Wait, might what are you literally about? kill Pause. you. Pause. What? Supplemental tops is not questionable or excitable. Yeah, that's what I, but like, that's why the two that I have in there, I'm going to waive for questionable, excitable. So like, I'm only going through the first one because the other two are for questionable, excitable. Okay continue yeah like so anyways uh my 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 one for the week is uh how coach class might literally kill you because flying on planes isn't dangerous enough already yeah apparently uh the faa has found out that or the appeals court judge has ruled that the space given to some passengers and coach now constitutes a plausible life and death safety concern 
because of how little width they have and the ability um, of them to get out of the seats. And they noted that apparently no one's actually tested to see if having the seats narrower and constricting the walkways and cramming more people in actually affects the ability to evacuate the plane in a timely manner. How the fuck? I'm never flying again. Like, That's I'm bullshit. not doing it. I, okay, you're going to fly. Because I have to. If You're going to protest choice, I would flying again. Yeah. But so th- what you're saying is that I'll survive because I'm skinny. And I can mm-hmm. just slide past all the fat people. Yeah, and, and my my fat ass will probably be impeded. Yeah. So Which is why I stay in exit rows. To make sure I fly on a plane with you, I can use you as a flotation device if you make it out. Yes. Perfect. Probably. Uh, aisle seat Perfect. would be recommended for you. Just aisle seat. The way to go. Yeah. I uh, mean, I usually prefer sitting in the back just in case it happens. Yeah, back's not going to help. Like, no, usually it does because a lot of stuff doesn't happen back there. Okay. Let's just keep thinking that. Statistically proven. Science. Oh, sure. I've spent <laughs> way too much of my life watching air crash investigations, so. You are a secret straight boy because you watch that shit, I... trains, and exploding shit on YouTube. <sighs> I am. I, I am not. Okay. You know what? You're the second person to tell me that, like, because... Because of the fact that I'm nerdy about things that are like aligned with my gender, that I can't be a nerd because they're supposed to be ser- like atypical. You my can be a nerd, was- but it's like stereotypical, like hillbilly shit. I love. I okay. You know what? Just because I like trains and I would love to see a tractor pull, doesn't mean anything. And I like to see shit blow up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like oh fucking Christ. Yeah, pretty much. That's me. So now that you've ridiculed me, uh, what's your top for the week? So I this is like not new for anyone who knows me. I cannot fucking handle emotions. Specifically the ones where like something bad has happened or if like something somebody dies or if like somebody's losing their job. Like here's an example. Um when I was working at Best Buy some odd years ago, my they were going through a reorganization and my manager like we all kind of knew it was going to happen is that specifically for our department, we were going to lose our manager and everybody knew this. She went to her, the meeting with the GM and we're like, Oh, this is it. She comes back and she's, she talks to me and she's like, so I'm not going to be your manager. Come this day and the other. I'm just like, okay. And just turn around and walked away. Like I cannot fucking deal with that shit. Like I, it doesn't, a, it doesn't affect me. So I don't give a shit. B, I just would rather, like, I know I was supposed to have a certain type of response to it, and I just can't. So what you're saying is that you're basically halfway to being a serial killer. Uh, yeah, sociopath. Okay, that's the word I was looking for, sociopath, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so. I'm, I, listen, I've accepted this fact. I was, I've told people all the time, if, like, if my life goes to complete shit, I will become a serial killer. So, just for the record, FBI, that's on tape. Uh, One. Two, what's the thing that happened... In- this week or that brought this up i'd rather not go into detail because that's way too close okay fair all right but no it's just like this is a this is just a like a thing that i always have like of anything if like you know somebody even like someone like you're dating someone and they pass away and i'm like i don't know how to react to that and like like you know someone like i don't know it's not my place to be like let me console you it's like you thank just, you for the information you just don't know how to like emote or just hug somebody and be like i'm sorry and hug them no because i'm like, not sorry because it doesn't concern me hug people in the first place it, like, no i don't hey i don't hurt you're not people. touchy-feely yeah i'm no i'm not because it, what what are you telling me that your grandmother died what the fuck does that affect me why are you telling me this <clears throat> your first um, mistake was telling me <laughs> yeah their first mistake was thinking that you had a soul <laughs> No, first, I was thinking that I gave a shit. Like, I'm sorry, that's really rude and and like terrible. But it's like I don't care. Do not. T- I'm not gonna give you the classic like, oh, I'm good at faking it. But it's like I don't care. Like it's bad, and I know I. Like, it's not that I should care. It's probably I should have like a basic response of being like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Like Do I you can't like, even bring myself to say that. But I feel like you are slightly worked up about the fact that you can't just naturally care. Would that be fair to say? Like, you're slightly like, why can't I handle this better? 
No, it's more that I feel it's that I know that I should. It's like it's uh, that perception. Okay. It's the perception of that like struggling with the expectation. It's like I like objectively I know this situation calls for a certain response and I know the response because I've seen it and it's been done to me and it's like nope. Brain's like don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's terrible. I know it's sad, but I just want every, everyone who meets me. It's like I'm not like I'm not that much of an asshole. I just generally don't care about things that don't affect me. Yeah, he's generally. I would have to say that. Like you're not an asshole. You're you're a pretty decent human being. But yeah, you don't give a shit about things that don't affect you. Empathy is low on your list of qualities. Don't know what that word means. Empathy. No. Okay. I, I'm well, being I'm being sarcastic. I was gonna say that 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 makes sense. Like that's not in my vocabulary. It is not. Or sympathy. No, no, because I think I have less sympathy. If if I could like must, I can muster empathy. I have zero sympathy. Uh, no, you'd want to be the other way around because sympathy is the one of something that has happened to you. Empathy is the one where you have to like think about it, like it hasn't happened to you, but you could understand it. That's empathy. So you could muster some sympathy because you're like, oh, it sucks when that happened to me specifically. No, but I thought sympathy was like if something happens to you, like I can sympathize with you, or I can, I can, I I like I thought sympathy is like. Oh, I feel sorry for that. The fact that this happened. It's like, I don't feel sorry for shit happening to anybody. No, sympathize means that you have experienced that person's pain. Empathize means you can understand the experience of that person's pain. Oh, so then I have none of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, much. yeah. So I'm practically a fucking sociopath. Yep. You're looking up the actual definitions, aren't you? I I certainly am. Uh, feeling into is the is, is translated from the German... Uh, Entflung. I'm not even going to pronounce that right, but uh, person's ability to recognize and share emotions of another person, fictional character, or sentient being. See, hold on. I can do it with fictional characters. Like I get emotionally invested in fictional characters. Oh, all right. Sympathy is a feeling of care or concern for someone, often someone close, accompanied by a wish to see them happy or better off. See, I was kind of right, and I don't have that one either. Okay. That one I definitely don't have. I can muster empathy because I can objectively understand it. Okay. So either way, what we're saying is that you are emotionally stunted. I'm not emotionally stunted. I just choose to put my energy toward emotions that actually matter. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Okay. And are we going to move on after that? Now we're going to talk about our feelings. After I talk about bronies real quick. After you talk about Brony, okay, then we're going to talk about our feelings, because that'll be a great juxtaposition. Go on. I kind of want to be one. <laughs> have you been watching My Little Pony? I have, okay, full disclosure. I remember when this, when like bronies were a thing, it was like two, three years ago. I watched one episode. I can easily see the appeal. There's no need to like skirt around. It's not like anybody's going to hold you to it and be like... Oh my god, you're a brony. Like, you like it. I have... Listen, motherfucker. This is pumpkin spice latte gate all over. I again. know. I was... I, you're the one who brought it up, not me. Just just to, for the backstory of people who haven't heard our inner conversations between the two of us. Um, Quentin here uh, has never drank a pumpkin spice latte. Ever. Ever. But he has a lot of behaviors in relation to people who drink pumpkin spice lattes and shop at Hobby Lobby and wear Ugg boots and gets very sensitive whenever we accuse him of being a pumpkin spice latte drinker. Because I'm not a woman. I think because you just right there, you're like, no, not a woman. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I could barely say that with a straight face. But don't protest too much. I am. Listen, I'm being one. Okay. Fuck you, first of all. Secondly, I am being 100% serious. I have only seen one episode because I was like, why? Like, why is it a thing? Okay. It's, it is interesting. This is, I remember trying to remember this from three years ago. Yeah. It is interesting. My Little Pony is really good. Yeah. I've seen an episode too. It's decent. It's That's why bronies exist because it actually is but, appealing. But why? What do you mean why? It's appealing. Why is it? Why is like, what is so good about it? I feel like uh, any of our brony listeners, of which we probably have none, uh, should tell us on Twitter. Um, Maybe but, we should interview a brony. Uh, yes, I'm putting that troll aboard right now. Speaking of people, um, so we're kind of, uh, I don't know if this is going to be like a series or whatever the fuck we want to do because this podcast is literally like 
shooting from the hip. Um, we're kind of looking to get people, guest speakers, onto the podcast who specifically are kind of like on the fringe of society or do things – or not do things, but are essentially like con- not considered mainstream, so like bronies or like obviously like – not like racial people, but like we want to try to like have like a conversation about things where we're ignorant on and have someone like be like – well, this is why this is what it is, kind of a thing. And we're very ignorant, so I think... Uh, Mainly just, Mike. Really. Just come on the podcast and we will respectfully ask you ignorant questions for the betterment of our listeners. M- mainly Mike, because he's a white suburban kid who has no experience with anything else other than that. Says the practically white suburban kid. I have ethnic qualities. <laughs> Did you... <laughs> You just used the phrase ethnic qualities. I rest my case. First of all, I'm doing a podcast. That should be enough to be like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. My black card has not only been revoked, it has been shredded and burned. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's uh, th- there's I mean, the fact that I'm not doing a like really racially heavy podcast in about like about black shit. Yeah. You're not like hosting The Read? Oh, fuck yeah. I love them. It, Shameless plug. They are pretty good. Hysterical. Yeah. Um, They're coming to Chicago in like a week or two. Really? Yeah, they they do live tours. You think you're going to go to them? I missed the one last year. I almost want to go this year, but it's like, mm, it's Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Are we going to... Are we gonna? Uh, so we talked about bronies and made a list of people we're going to interview uh so we want to go on to our feelings now yeah let's talk about our feelings as we mentioned this is the uh we're gonna talk about why your brain sucks because yep. uh, essentially this is our fun and way of talking about mental health because a lot of people either want to contribute you know quote unquote depression as being like oh i'm depressed when there's serious people who have like actual like clinical depression and like depressive episodes and depressive periods that are mm-hmm. caused by chemical imbalances in your brain because your brain sucks and just wants to like fuck with you. Your brain's an asshole. Essentially. And I feel like that's like in a meme somewhere. Oh, it is. The scumbag brain. Like scumbag S- brains everywhere. Scumbag. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, it's the it's the scumbag Steve hat with the brain instead of but- the my favorite, yeah. like, Tumblr memes are about, like, when you're laying in bed and your brain's like, hey, remember that thing you did in third grade where you fell in front of everybody and you look like a fucking idiot? You're like, oh, my God. Oh, I, I have, I literally, I honestly, if, if there's anything I can relate to more, that is it. Because it's always when you're about to go to bed. Yep. And I do, it's either for me, it's. Even though I'm about to go to bed, it's when I'm, like, doing something that I'm not, like, actively participating in, like, sitting on a train or, you know, mm-hmm. in a car. My brain just goes back to the things that I fucked up, you know, years ago for no reason. It's just like, yeah, like I told you in the previous episode when I flip, slipped up the uh, drum major podium. Like, why the fuck do I keep thinking about that? It Oh, it yeah. just comes back. Yeah, but, like, more than that, like, you get the same feeling of being, like, mortified. Like, you actually get that, like, drop in the pit of your stomach, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, I, whenever that happens to me, I have a very similar feeling to as if it happened. Like, it's not the same magnitude, but I have a similar feeling to, like, when it happened where I feel, like, mortified and, like, certain that, like, everybody remembers that. And, like, I'm like, fuck. Or do you ever think about, like, conversations you've had either, like, that day or, like, previously where you're like, I've sounded like a fucking idiot talking to that person. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, no. Oh, God. The worst one was, um, this one sticks out of my head, which was uh, previous job down in Houston. Um, we were inter- we were entertaining. Um, we, were, we were looking at, like, striking up a business relationship that was going to be pretty significant to the company. Like, they were going to be a, a pretty large vendor for what we wanted to do, and we were looking to work on their platform. And uh, they were actually really interested in meeting us, too. So they actually sent down, like, two sales guys and a VP of – the VP of sales and some other, like, higher up. 
And uh, I just could not form words. And so when they came in the door, I was like, hi, I'm Mike. And then I was really weird. And then I was like, so was there always supposed to be four of you? Because I thought there was going to be three. And like in my head, that's all I could say. And I was just really awkward. And then I was like, I got to go. And then I just ran out of the room. And like, I'm sure it didn't actually happen like that. But in my head, that is what happened. Like, I was just like, it's yeah. And so I, I like, I do that all the time. Or like, I think about like, or I have like intrusive thoughts. Go on. I have, I probably have intrusive thoughts in every hour. What are you defining as an intrusive thought? Like, what's that? Like, if I'm driving, I'm like, I wonder what happened if I would like go in oncoming traffic. Oh, yeah, I've had those. Yeah. Like, you know, that, or like, if I was on the, like, I'm not sure if this is intrusive thought or daydreaming or me just being fucking stupid, where I think about like, if the Metro train got hijacked by terrorists, what would I do? Oh, yeah, no, I've had that all the time. Yeah. And like me thinking about like, you know, I would steal the gun and then I would kill them. And I'm like, I would not do half of anything I'm thinking about, but it's like, it's just like so vivid and just like lucid. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And 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 it's like, why are, why are these the things you're thinking about? You're like, why is my mind going to like, like, why am I like not daydreaming about like puppies? Right. Right. But I'm like, why can I, exactly. Why can I just think about, you know, like going on a vacation or something? Yeah. No, it's a. yeah, no, that happens to me sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and of course we're kind of making light of a couple of things, but it's like even in like, it's like that's like the the least my brain can fucking do. Is yeah, like, I mean that's that's a yeah. Like I have like I have had we can go down this road. It's like I have had some very interesting interactions with myself, and I call them interactions because it's like I. When I was younger, I was very introspective and also introverted. So it was just a tag team of like, I'm literally in my head and saying nothing the entire day. And people were just like, is this kid like autistic? Um, but I wasn't. I mean, I was like relatively sociable. And for the longest time, I would just always have these like conversations about myself in my head, about the things that I'm doing and how other people are perceiving them. And to make sure that I'm performing at this like optimal idea idea of my idea of myself to make sure that i wasn't like and it, and like that make sure i wasn't like not like you know being false to whoever i was but it had nothing to do with me being gay that's interesting because uh i mean i'm not a psychiatrist but of course there's a but but that sounds a lot like social anxiety like uh you know i don't think i like have social anxiety i just don't like being like in situations that i don't need to be in as i got known i realized it just was the fact that I gave too much a shit about what other people gave thought about me. Yeah. Yeah. You were way too attentive to how you were perceived about from the people around you. And that I like was critical of every action I did where it's like, Oh, this person talked to you. You didn't make a joke. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you say that? Mm-hmm. Why are you standing weird? It's like, I just become hyper aware of everything. Like, and you get in your head. Yeah. And I'm going to a concert by myself tomorrow, which I've never done before. And I'm going to, and I'm like, hyper aware of like where my hands are you know what i'm doing how am i like standing like how am i moving to the music and it's like i feel like people have those thoughts but i've never had a conversation with anyone who's like yeah i do that too they're just like oh yeah no like so you feel like you have this sort of hilariously narcissistic and i mean that in the way of like it's really funny if you think about it for a minute but like you have this hilariously narcissistic thing of like everybody is watching you like everybody cares yes. about your actual actions. And then there's that moment where you're like, why the fuck would anybody care? Like I've had those moments where I'm like, uh, so interesting. Like I'm remembering this now, but like after talking to my therapist, my psychiatrist, when I got diagnosed ADHD a couple of years ago, um, I started just describing things that I thought were normal. And she was like, yeah, that's anxiety. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, that's anxiety. And uh, the one I brought up was, um, I went to San Antonio for a business trip by myself and, um, I was going to go down. They had this like fake, they set up this casino in this, um, like this little like pop-up casino in a, in a convention hall type thing. And I remember being like, I don't know anybody here. And I remember being just ridiculously uncomfortable with being in the room full of people. And then I remember being like, All right, I'm going to go get food. And I was walking the San Antonio Riverwalk, and I couldn't 
bring myself to go to a restaurant where there were a bunch of people and sit at a table by myself because I felt like everybody was staring at me and I was just unsettled. I wouldn't say it was like a panic attack, but I was just mildly unsettled by all of this. And I ended out like trying to pick restaurants and then I walked around and then I just was like, fuck it, I'm going to go to a McDonald's. And I went to the McDonald's where like there was no one there and I could sit down by myself and I didn't feel like everyone was looking at me, but I had this very strong sort of like discomfort with being in a crowd of people and like this feeling like everybody was looking at me and like my actions, my things I was doing were like being ridiculed or everybody knew what I was doing and was like judging me. Right. But I feel like, aren't you like, well, first of all, I wouldn't have agreed to go to anywhere by myself, let alone a business trip. Long story about which I've had to do recently by myself once. And yeah. yeah, And it's like to call it anxiety for me, I it's like, I guess if you have to label it, is that what it is? But also, I generally don't like being involved in that type of shit to begin with. It's like, if you sent me on a business trip to be like, you're going to a conference. It's like, I don't, why? Like, why am I going to, What? Do, what's the point of me going to this conference? And so it usually becomes like, that is like my barrier being like, I don't need to go, period. But you're making me go. So I'm literally just going to like stay in my hotel the entire time. Not because I'm afraid of interacting with people or because I don't know anybody. It's because I don't want to fucking be here. Because, but, but I feel like that's like, okay. But does, uh, but I'm you know like, what? but does, like, I'm going to be critical of that. Like, but is that anxiety in this, in the same idea in the, or in the same sense? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think that, uh, honestly, diagnosing, like, I think we got a little too far down the road of diagnosing your specific issues. Like, I yeah, am I know. not Dr. Phil or, you know. I know, but whatever, it's like, so. but I mean, like, but I feel like everyone, but I don't think this is like a topic not to have because I feel like everyone's like, I have anxiety. Well, but like, here's the thing, like with mental illnesses that I think people don't quite get, which is that, that mental illnesses are normal behaviors, but they're in a pattern of occurring that causes serious interruptions to your life. Like depression and the feelings of depression are not. Their, their behaviors, everyone's felt. Everyone has felt sad. Everyone has felt depressed, right? The actual feelings of being depressed. But the difference is, is that like, if they come and they go for minutes or maybe hours at a time and then you're fine, that's different than if like you, they persist for weekends or weeks. Like the whole thing of like, the metric they use for depression is like, um, uh, the mnemonic is like Siggy Caps. And I think one of them is like, it has to last for more than like a certain number of days, right? Yep. So, like, that's the thing. Like, everybody's felt depression, right? The difference between, like, a clinical depression and being depressed is just that, like, yeah, you got out of it. Like, you felt something. You know, you broke up with your boyfriend. You were sad in bed for a day. And then you kind of got out of it. And you're in a better mood. And then you're fine. And, you you know, it doesn't – you wouldn't be like, that knocked me off my game. And I couldn't figure out how the fuck to get up in the morning and get to work for the next two weeks, right? You were like, yeah, I had a right. shitty weekend. I'm dealing. I'm fine. Like it's, you know, same thing with anxiety. Anxiety is like a feeling of like we've described, but it's like everybody's had that. But the difference is like, is it, is it, is it inhibiting you from doing the things you want to do? Is it inhibiting you from doing things where you're like, I would want to do this, but like, I can't because my feelings about this are too, you know, strong or like, I want to be out in public and I, I wouldn't mind doing it, but like, I just get so uncomfortable that I can't handle it. Right. Right. I, uh, I wonder I, I wonder I remember this because when I was younger I wanted to be a psychologist because I felt that I really connected with people who had issues and I don't know why like even to this day it's like if I sense you're a little bit fucked up in some sense and that's of course a terrible way to describe it but I mean like you know actually clinically mentally depressed bipolar and treated it's like there's just a sense of like you've been through shit and you have a different outlook than a lot of people who haven't that I just like resonate with, which is weird. Mm -hmm. weird. But I wonder, wasn't one of the, cause I did all this research when I was like younger and going through shit. I distinctly remember one of the things like, that's like one of the like quote unquote, like symptoms or like red flags for depression is like the loss of enjoyment in something that you used to like, thoroughly enjoy where it's like yeah. not like you know like you said it's not where it's like oh i don't really want to play video games today where it's like literally you like 
it's it's almost an indescribable feeling where it's like it becomes a chore now. Like you just feel burdened by being like, oh, I used to enjoy doing this, and now it's like, ugh. Like yeah. the, the thing that used to make you that give you joy now brings you immense like anxiety and like pain and hurt. And yeah. I I think that was like the one thing for me that. And by the way, I have not been diagnosed with anything because I refuse to go see a psychiatrist. Which you should. I should. And every time I have a moment where I want to, I'm just like, no, I'll be fine. And then I'm fine. I know. I've I've been working on you forever on this. You Okay. Side note. I, I want to just because it's like, also because I feel like it's a great experience. And I don't think, I do think you should treat life as an experience. But maybe I'm not trying to belittle being like, I'm going to go to psychologist for the experience of talking to somebody. It's valuable. Right, because it's valuable to, you know, even if you don't have a disorder, it's valuable to see a psychiatrist sometimes or a therapist. I, I, and, and that's the thing is I see how valuable it is just to have a trained person be like, yeah, that's not normal. Like, you have a problem. And it's like maybe I'm not looking for that validation because I feel like I do or whatever it is. It's like after learning about you being ADHD – that is li- like not trying to be like you know sympathetic or empathetic being like oh yeah i felt that before but it's like no that is literally me like that is like like what you described how you were feeling and how these psychiatrists were described it back to you i'm like no i i that is like i i do that for like i have a period of like pure mania and then it like is gone and i mean like it, it it's it, it's not like i'm yeah. super excited about something it's literally like i'm up for like 3 days straight not sleeping and it but i'm still going for it. it's like it's a continuous thing then also i'm just like i'm done for no for no rhyme or reason yeah so again like you know i think it's funny that like i am not dr mike here um but you are today you know yeah it's maybe something you should see maybe something you should see a psychiatrist about speaking of depression anxiety and all those fun things um no like i i dealt with a depressive episode uh when i was like 19 um looking back on it i probably was in one from like 18 until 2021 um but i didn't know it at the time i I went to see a therapist but the therapist never like really treated it as something they sort of helped me deal with it and didn't really put it in a larger context of like this is a you know disorder or a disease or whatever they call it um and then i you know got diagnosed with adhd a couple years later um and i you know uh just was literally talking to my psychiatrist and again it was like i was like yeah you know i like call them lost weekends like in houston where you know usually i would be like all right i want to go to my makerspace i want to go down to txrx labs which is amazing if anybody you know about it um and build something like i want to go build a table or build a you know build a piece of furniture and i would just be like no i can't i didn't do that i didn't get out of bed or if i did get out of bed it was to eat and I, you know, didn't shower. And I would literally like my whole day would be like watching stupid YouTube videos or watching Netflix. And it would basically be that's it. I would go out, I would go get something to eat, then I'd come home, and then I would have a restless night's sleep, and I'd have a shitty night, and I would hate it. And then I would wake up Sunday morning, and then I would basically do the same thing. Maybe I would go out and like do a few errands, and then I would come home, lay on the couch, do nothing, and then get up for work Monday. And like that was my weekend. Right. And I was describing this. And to me, it was just like, this is a thing. Right. I really wasn't describing it as a struggle. I was just describing it as like, that's a behavior I have. I'm curious if that's something related to ADHD. Right. And she was like, no, that's that's depression. Like, she's like, yeah, you just on, hit a nail on the head. That's depression. And I was like, oh, right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just been. It's been interesting after you frame it like that, if you think about it for a minute, and then after you get yourself on meds and you get yourself sort of attuned to like what not depressed is like, and you're like, wait a minute, so this is not depressed. This is like when you're in, you know, when, and you realize that like, it's, it's intense yep. and it's consuming. Right. Uh, and, uh, and actually that's where I'm gonna bring up the book, which I have, I have in front of me, um, Shout out to this girl because woman because she wrote an amazing book which I recommend everyone who ever has mental health issues to buy. It's called Hyperbole and a Half. Name's Allie Broche, um, B R O S H, I guess. Um, but she writes a whole chapter in here, and it's it's ridiculously animated, like a like a four year old, 
but it, she writes a whole chapter about like she was struggling to return a Netflix tape, not net fucking goddamn a millennial, a blockbuster videotape. <laughs> Do you people know what blockbuster is? Uh, in the 90s, it was a place where you would go to uh, rent a movie that you would never watch and then return two days late and pay late fees for. A VHS. Those a VHS. Yeah. These were things that had like a little thing and a ribbon in them and you had to rewind them or get charged for it. Uh, yeah. uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia. But she's old thing where she's like, I couldn't bring myself to return this blockbuster video. And it was sitting there and I'm thinking about like, oh my God, this blockbuster video is like you know, five days overdue and you fucking can't get your shit together. And then she started like beating herself up for being like, I can't like do the basic adulting things. And then she slipped into this thing. And then it goes through the whole description. That's basically like self-hatred and depression in a nutshell. And all the, all the things she had, right. All the symptoms she described and they weren't symptoms. They were just like how she felt at that moment were exactly how I felt exactly the cycle I've been through. And um, what was so great about it was that at that moment, I realized that my problems weren't my own. Like, there's a weird thing with mental health and, and depression and anxiety, which is that, you know, a lot, Quentin, like you just said, where you're like, I have all these feelings. I talk, I like, I have these weird thoughts and like this different way of thinking and this weird pattern of thinking. And it's so easy to think that you are the only one. Right. And it's not it's not a knock of being like self-centered, but it's just so consuming to be like, I'm the only one who has this problem. Right. I, I it's so easy to fall into that trap. And it's so illuminating when you find somebody who is really similar, because then you're like, holy shit, I'm not the only one. Right. There are tons of functional adults that have had this shit to deal with it and they figured it out, too. Right. Um, and that's why I love this book. See, that's that's interesting. I don't think I've ever actually come across like a fictional piece of information that is like given what it's given to you in that like that regard of like you're not alone. Like for me, it's always been I've always found myself attracted like platonically or romantically to people who are like I said, like in some ways fucked up. And for me in like in in these strongest friendships that I've had looking at it that way were that we did share these like deep and dark moments of our life in that, like, I, I do think those fundamentally fundamentally change you and change your outlook on things. And like, those are the people where I was always like, wow, we just like get each other on such a different plane than everyone else. And it's like, yeah, you know, fuck all these people who've never, you know, had a hard thought in their life. And even like, you know, feel depressed. It's like, yeah, there's one thing feeling depressed when it's like, you know, you've, like I said, where you've gone through a, a period of time in your life where you're just like, the things that brought you joy do not at all, where you can't even bring yourself to get out of bed and, you know, enjoy life for what it really is. And you, you think there's no re like for me, it was always like a, was felt guilty. I'm like, there's no reason why I shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, nope, you're not going to today. Just stay in the bed. Don't do anything. You don't need to mm -hmm. wallow in yep. this. But I think yep. what, and I, I'm like just thinking back now. And obviously, I'm not being clinically diagnosed or anything like that. Is like maybe I was depressed at some point, and I think I just tried. I had a lot of outlets, and I usually found them myself because I'm very. I tend to bury myself in interests, and I try to find a plenty of those. So, and maybe that is the whole ADD fucking thing coming to it. Maybe I don't know. Where it's like I just tried to like I don't know when I was like I. I around that same period I got a guitar and I was like, oh okay I like playing guitar and I started writing songs and then you know like it wasn't a thing like a new thing it was like oh this is a new fun toy and shiny thing to like bring me out of my depression it was like no this is like making me like rediscover like the happiness that I wasn't having and then it's like it's always been like it, it it's always been like a thing that's bounced around I mean hell even like this podcast maybe you know it's like <laughs> I, I I tend to clean <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I feel like I always tended to cling on to creative things to bring me out of like whatever it is that I was doing or to exacerbate what it is. Whereas as you know, it's like, I like, Oh, I wrote this entire like web series in like a night. <laughs> Not even going to. Yeah. That web series. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, 
so for me, absolutely. Like I thought, I thought a lot about like woodworking as therapy. Um, actually it's a thought I've been having recently on how I could actually make that work because I think about like bringing a bunch of depressed people in, in, in a place with lots of knives and ways to cut themselves. Maybe not the best idea, but, uh, uh, I think about like when I've gotten out of my depressions, right. One of the ways I've done it is by getting out of the house and going and doing woodworking, right. And going and building something or throwing myself into something to, you know, wallowing in it, right, is only so valuable. You know, there's there's an argument to be had that like wallowing in it's worse, right? Because you it, you're if you're acknowledging your feelings and if you're in your feelings and you know you're feeling the way you are, great. But like if you just sit there and let the feelings like s- like stick to you, it's just gonna be worse. And you need to get out there and do something to take your mind off of it, right? And yeah, I do the same thing. It was woodworking. I would go out for drives. I would go out. Uh, uh, yeah, I find I'm depressed like at night. Um, I'll go out for a drive. Like, I will not want to be in the house and I will just leave. So you do, I feel like those manifestations for you are very outward. Where it's that you're tired of being in, like you're tired of like, you've been so introspective about all this and just feeling, being all up in your feels that you're just like, I need to not be in my feels. Which also means I need to not literally be in the space that I'm currently occupying. Oh yes. No, no. Like, like there's two things that happen when I'm in the middle of a depressive episode that I, I, I I learned over the years. Uh, the first thing is that, yes, I get very outward in the sense that like I become more extroverted. Like I will try to hang out with people or I will try not to be alone as much, or I will try to leave my house. Like literally I will go out for a walk and I will just be like, I can't be in here. I'll go out for a drive. Like I will, go and make appointments with people to do something and it's not like i'm doing more of them like i will be like that's all i do today i just hung out with one person for an hour and that was my whole day but i i try to escape it in the sense of like i don't want to be sitting alone right now that's weird because i feel like mine manifests inward where it's like not into the i need to wallow in it longer it's just that for me, it's usually a sense of like, I'm not paying attention to myself for me. Like, that's usually what it is. It's like, for me, it's like, I'm not devoting myself to like, whatever, like inward thing that I like to enjoy. May that literally be, I will sit in a room and just listen to music by myself. It's like, I tend to like, I I need the isolation to get me out of it because I feel like it's, because for me, it's feel like it's external pressures cause my depressive episodes and then I kind of like extend it by just constantly just running around in my head. Mm-hmm. But then the the fact that I'm running around in my head is making me like neglect being like, Quentin, you do know you really like, you know, I don't know, like crafting something or whatever it is. So it's like I will literally I will walk, go out the store, get something or look up or look up videos about it, sit on a Pinterest board, anything mm-hmm. that is solitary to me that is like make me like happy for myself and i in again i hate being around people to begin with so it's like that's interesting to see how like yours manifests as a very like extroverted type of like sensation and feeling reminds me like i just need to be not deal with people because i feel like it the it's the external stress that caused it well and that i think that's interesting is like i find like typically I would call myself an introvert. I, I always am annoyed because I never know which I am and I feel You're like they're false dichotomies. Not an introvert. But but like typically when I'm not depressed, I'm more comfortable by myself. And what I mean by that is like if I'm not depressed, I will come home, sit at the couch, do a little puttering around. I might do some stuff online, take care of some things, and I won't talk to somebody and I won't have a problem with that. Right? Like I'll be fine. But whenever I'm in my depressed episodes, if when that happens, I need I, I can't do it. This is this is why I'm on Grinder all the time. Like literally, that is one of the, my metrics for depression. It's another one that I have for myself is how much time do I spend on my phone, right? And how much time do I spend on my phone trying to chat with somebody or get a connection with somebody and like just do something, right? Whether that's like hook up or not, like I feel like I I reach out and I'm just trying to grab whatever I can to like pull in something and it'll be people, it'll be relationships, it'll be videos, it'll be something where I'm like, I need to go do something right to get myself out of it. 
and I think of it as like internal pressures that are causing it to me. And you like sort of clam up and sort of focus inward because you feel like it's external, right? Yeah. That's really I don't know. interesting. It's that is weird. Yeah. Well, no, you did. Now you mentioned the grinder thing. So then this is like probably like the one question that even like in our asterism before this, that it's like, you know, LGBT, it's the common, everyone knows the statistic. If you're an LGBT person, you know, this is that we are X more likely to be, you know, mentally ill, have some type of, you know, depression, depressive episodes and, or commit suicide and, and also commit suicide at a higher rates than heterosexual people. Do you think being gay has any influence in your mental states no i i don't um i think and then why most of the lgbt <laughs> what did you say i lie no i said and then why oh and then why i thought you said and you lie and i was like oh bitch uh no um mental health can be very situational right so that's the other part about it is that like mental health can be very situational in terms of you know, if you're a teenager and you don't have a supportive family structure and you are struggling with your sexuality and you are kicked out of your house, right, that is absolutely enough to trigger a depression, right? That is situational where it's like those things, you know, for whatever reason, that certain confluence of events triggered a depression in you, right? And it's like certain events are more likely to trigger depressions in people, I think, you know, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's the type of thing that happens. And it's one of those things where, you know, maybe somebody who isn't predisposed for depression might get depression because of all these shitty things happening to them. Right. And that's not my thing because it's not like it's come back again and again. Right. Um, that's why I don't think it's LGBT because I think like most people like the, like, you know, your favorite campaign, it gets better. Right. Um, I think a lot of it centers on that fact that like, I think people who are not as predisposed to mental health issues and are, you know, had issues uh, with being in the closet when they were young, go through a depression, go through a phase of like figuring it all out of upheaval of shitty things of, you know, figuring their identity out. And then they don't have those, that depression after that. Right. Like they've settled all those factors externally that cause the problems and they're just good. Right. I'm not that way. I get I get waves of depression I don't know every 6 months or less. They're just uh the the analogy I use is like choppy waters, right? Some days okay. the water some days the waters are smooth and it's easy sailing and other days there's there's some choppy waters and it's a little harder. And uh you know I I just know myself well enough to know like yep, I'm doing some things that are yep, I'm in the middle of one and then I just sort of tweak, adjust myself and then I figure it out and then I you know Hmm. move on yeah see because like i don't i guess my thing is that for what we're talking about what we're doing is that i don't want this to be just very specific to the lgbt community where it's like yes it is more likely 100 percent, but i also want to you know bring awareness to like it's not just an lgbt problem it's a it's a person problem it's a it and, and in this country it's a very prevalent issue that doesn't get as much attention as it does and again oh, no. mental illness does not discriminate on any anything no no mental yeah absolutely so um, it's like uh, if anything it's like i am you know it's like i want to support everybody you know it should be it like it, it should the, the the type of ways that again like i that's why i was like i wish that it gets better was for everybody like it gets like it gets better if you were kicked out of your house for x y and z you know it gets better for, you know, if you were pregnant and you were like, you know, 13, you know, it's like everyone, it, it's almost like, and this is what I'm not, not saying like, I feel sorry for straight people where it's like, you just have to deal with it. Cause it's like, you know, that's, there's just been such a historical record of like, you just get the fuck over it and deal with it because this is your life where it's like it, that it hasn't been that for the LGBT, LGBT or, or other marginalized groups because it's exacerbated, I think. So it's like it's it and it's like the the people the straight people that I come across with that I've been friends with I'm just like have you like not shared this with anyone like no no one gives a shit I'm just like you can imagine like if as soon as I walk into like a building and it's like hi I'm gay and I have mental issues they're like oh my god what can we do for you oh right I love the fact that I am part of a uh, 
a, an at-risk population because I swear to God, if I say that word, like I'm like, I'm gay, they'll be like, oh my God, do you want an STD test? Do you want some mental health screening? And I can go to every fucking clinic anywhere and get it. Right. It's like, it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's we're not true special, though, but we're we not are, special. like we are an at-risk population. Like, Agree. We have a higher will, prevalence yes. of mental health issues, right? But yeah, you're right. Like it shouldn't just be like, that's the thing. You shouldn't, you shouldn't look at it as like a, oh, only treat the people at risk and don't offer that to everybody else because everybody is at risk. We're just more at risk. Right? Which ex- exactly, which creates this fucking epidemic about, yeah. oh, wow, there's this mental health crisis. It's like, yeah, because it is everybody. But because like, like you said, you're too busy focusing on one thing. You're going to let something else by the yeah. wayside. That's just, just how that works. And yeah, it's like, I mean, it's sad. You know, mental health issues, right? Uh, go are intermingled in a lot of ways with addiction, yep. with homelessness, yep. with poverty. Um, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that the root cause is mental health issues, right, and not proper mental health treatment. Uh, and it's really unfortunate that it's not a priority. Uh, you know, my biggest thing is that it's impossible to get reasonably priced mental health treatment even if you even if you're in a big city you know so for an example i'll give you down in houston it was like a more than six month wait for any therapist i looked at that was on my insurance right and i had blue cross blue shield silver plan i was in the individual market and it was like yeah i was looking like three to six months out at least right what the it's like do you know like that's such a long time yeah if i was gonna pay out of pocket i could find a therapist like tomorrow but if i wanted to pay like 350 a visit right all day they would literally all those therapists would literally be like hello i'm your therapist by the way here's my square reader swipe here so you can pay me your 400 dollars." you'd be like god damn it um god and it's just it's you know the problem is like it's, it's a bit of a, like, Maslow's hierarchy thing, right? Like, mental health issues are at the top of the pyramid. Absolutely. Right? Well, let me rephrase that. The mental health issues we're talking about, like anxiety and depression that are not severe, that aren't debilitating, right, right. are at the top of the pyramid. But, like, schizophrenia or something that literally you can't keep a functional member of society because you have psychotic breaks every week, that's absolutely a bottom of the pyramid because you're not going to be able to hold a steady job, Right? right? But and that's the thing people don't remember is that like mental health runs the gamut from, you know, mild or, you know, minor uh, life affecting to like, I can't be a functional member of society. I need to be remitted to a a health center. Uh, And people just assume that it's the domain of whiny rich people. Right. Like, what's the thing? Like, everybody in New York has a therapist. And it's like, no, fuck off. People need therapists. And it's not a right. New York thing. It's not a rich people thing. It should be for anybody who has mental health issues. But there's that perception that, like, they're only the rich really can afford mental health. Yeah. No, that is true. There's a, there's an, there's a, a large access perception issue there where it's like, it is like, if you are a impoverished person, you know whatever it's like you it's like i don't you you feel i feel like you would feel you don't have the same amount of access as like we woo who were like middle class and it's like even we don't feel like we have the same amount of access to it to it as well and it's like we we relatively we do but at the same time it's like why is no one's really taking care of the people and i really that's like what it is and it's like we are everyone's trying to do it on their own and it's not it's, it's only working so much it's like the LGBT community is trying to take care of it in our own community being like, we need to go with the at risk people in our community and help them first. And it's like, that's cool and fine and all, but it's like, but what about, you know, we, we make up relatively speaking, a small percentage of this country. So what about, what about everybody else? What is, what are, what are, what kind of help are they getting? And if anything, it's like, mm-hmm. of all, it's always, that's what I always like thinking about. Like of all the marginalized groups, and the type of outreach that we have that are within our communities where it's actually like then reciprocated like up and out to the the ones that repress us. It's like, hey, look, we realize you probably have some fucked up issues yourself. Let us also help you. Because like, I'm just waiting for that moment where it's going to be like, oh, wow, like this community has re- has like dis- not discovered, but has like initiated 
these type of plans and is seeing these type of results in their small community with such specialized care, why can't we replicate that on a grander scale? Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah, absolutely. Why can't we? Right. Uh, you know, it's almost like we should have some sort of, um, large collection of people that pay into something to, you know, allow healthcare for everybody, like a, um, government funded insurance program. Oh, you mean what they're literally trying to dismantle right now? Uh, yeah. Like, uh, similar similar to that which okay i'm not gonna we're gonna i'm gonna direct us away from the politics rant uh but it is a and that's a thing like you're saying like it's not just mental health is not mental health is colorblind mental health is gender blind mental health is orientation blind right it happens to everybody right uh, you know, and it's one of those things just like anything else where it's like, yes, if you're more stressed, if you are more, if you have less access to healthcare, if you are a, an at-risk population, and I say that in air quotes, it's probably not because you are anything special in terms of like, you're different. It's that the fact that the confluence of shitty events that have been pushed upon you are causing you to have more of a struggle. It, it's it, i guess it's just like and even in like those specific communities it's not always a priority like uh, mental health isn't always a priority yeah <laughs> so yeah do we want to uh move on to our um lighter notes for our questionable excitable yeah that was sad i don't want to be sad anymore i don't want to be sad anymore you don't deal with feelings well no i don't i don't like feelings <laughs> which by the way we'll t- i want i want to hear about that later but uh hear about what you Whatever, talk about it off the air. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, you went last week, didn't you? Did I? Yeah, you went first. Okay, so I you went go first. first. The first time. Okay, okay. So I only have a questionable because nothing has been excitable this week. What? God damn it! You yelled at me for not having two. So like, Fine. nothing's excitable. Um. No, this week fucking sucked. <laughs> Um, I guess I'm right. going, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to a concert. That should be fun. That should maybe actually, no, back the fuck up. The excitable things happen is I'm going to get some sweet ass fucking glasses from Warby Parker and I'm looking forward to that shit. There you go. Little things. Little things. That's my excitable right. thing because I like to accessorize. Yeah. Cause that's gay. Uh, so questionable, <laughs> um, this is actually after this pot, uh, the hate podcast that I was looking through my uh, LinkedIn, my recent like, the recently added LinkedIn connections, and I was like, why did I accept this one? So I deleted her. It was like two days after I accepted it, and I was like, why the? It it was questionable because I'm like, I really shouldn't have done it in the first fucking place because I know. This bitch, how she is on fucking Facebook and stuff, and the shit she says is just so, like, ass-fucking-backwards. I'm just like, I don't need to connect you in any type of, like, personal or any professional way and let and give you access to my fucking network. It's like, no. Okay. I was like, it's like, I probably should have, like, not have accepted it in the beginning in the very first place and even bother being like mm-hmm. getting worked up about it afterwards. Like I'm like literally like walking to lunch. I'm just like, why the fuck did I add this bitch? <laughs> it's your questionable, your LinkedIn connection. You're like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Like don't, don't, don't add people you don't like. Cause you're just going to like regret it later. No, no. Yeah, personally or, or p- publicly on any social network, but whatever. So Mike, what is your excitable thing my excitable thing which you know you kind of led into with my love of train videos and and you know shit happening with blowing up <sighs> fucking um, christ i found the like there i this is by no means new i'm sure th- that a lot of people know about this but there's a there's a channel on youtube called how redic just r-e-d-i-c bunch of australian dudes doing a bunch of stupid shit and uh one of their channels is they have a like 100 foot tall tower and they drop an anvil down on shit from that tower and record it in slow motion that's the whole thing like i've been watching all of them i've been in love with it like they dropped it on a fridge they dropped it on paint cans they did watermelons like i have been like i don't even care like it's been my excitable thing of the week i have found this and i'm like this is amazing and uh yes i am at heart 
a 13 year old boy who will you know just always be doing stupid shit yeah you're like a 13 year old boy who can't stop fucking masturbating like that's literally like that's what that is where did the masturbating come in here like because dropping just, anvils on shit that's not what no, it's wait a minute. so childish and just so juvenile it is but it's so much fun like i i am happy to be childish and juvenile because i enjoy being childish and juvenile see like no like i'm that's childish and juvenile in ways that is like a detriment to society yeah this isn't detrimental to society this is just sheer stupidity but i watched it it's stupid i don't like that shit this one of the Australian guys was kind of hot, so I was like, I'll yeah, that, that's. For that. I mean, that's the other part about it. I mean, it's kind of cute. They're they're all pretty cute, so it's you know. But their accent isn't that attractive. Yeah. Just uh, so move on. Okay, whatever. Uh, my my questionable of this week. Um, yeah, I, I this is one that I just I feel weird about, and I still like I know it's a thing that can happen, but I just had never have it happen to me. Have you ever watched Rescue Me, Quentin? Never, never watch Rescue Me. Okay, I, don't like. I'm not gonna reference the episode. You what? Don't like. That's him. okay. Pull another thing. That's Moving on. Spaz. Okay. Uh, so my one of my ex boyfriends um broke up had a had had his relationship end uh last week and um I'm kind of his person like we're pretty close now we're pretty friendly and. I was like, all right, you know, I will show up with a bottle of wine and some ice cream and like let you like cry it out and I'll be the, I'll be there to like, you know, be there for you because he's my he, I'm his person. We're really we're close now and I'm like this is what we do, right? That's dangerous. Uh very dangerous. Actually, I, nothing in nothing in that sort happened, right? Nothing of that sort happened. Um I uh I showed up with a uh, double bottle of barefoot Moscato for myself and two bottles of red wine for him because I am such a white girl. And uh we promptly got drunk and sang songs and he bitched about his boyfriend or didn't well no, he didn't bitch about him because he was just sad and he felt like shit and he just let all of his feelings out. Like I know you and your feelings, you're like you would want none of this. I can already see you over there being like, why would you put yourself in this position? No, it would like I wouldn't probably go as far as you did and be a basic white bitch, but I'd be like, "Do you want to go get food?" Okay. Yeah, like you would. Yeah, I have to I keep was it. Like, I'd have to keep it as low key as possible because my level of like commitment to like other people's emotions is already low as it is. Yeah, yeah. So like, but like, so anyways, so but there just came a weird exchange where, um, like I was drunk. Well, yeah, I I drank three quarters of the double bottle so i was fairly drunk and um he just was overcome with like emotions and he had like something hit him and like there was just this hug where we both crying and wait you're crying too well that's the thing like i because i was drunk and he was crying i was crying (laughs) just i was a sloppy mess and i'm just like let it out let it out and i'm in this bear hug with him and it was a it was a touching moment, all right? Jesus. Uh, I'm, like, going to fucking throw up. I know. You're already, like, this is too sappy. But I got a sadness boner. And this is the questionable thing. I got, like, a boner that was, like, out of nowhere. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I, like there was nothing particularly sexy about that. And we didn't have sex. And we didn't, like, there was no that type of intimacy. But, like, I was hugging him, we were both crying, and then I was like, what is going on here? And I had a full-on sadness boner, and I don't know how I feel about all of that. Like, I just, That's what that means? Oh, my God! I just don't know what, like, I know it's a thing that can happen, apparently. Like, it's not unusual, I guess, but just, I was just so weird. I'm like, why? Why is that happening? It was one of those things where because you're like, your brain, yeah, your but brain like, sucks. I, my brain is an asshole, but like, my brain's a dick. No pun intended. No, actually, pun was intended there. Um, but it just was like, what? Why? Like at that moment, I'm like, I'm trying to be like a decent human being, and I'm just like giving him a hug, and I'm being like, we're intimate, and like we're sharing a cry. Like it's very like you know intimate but it wasn't like i'm like i don't want to have sex with you 
what the fuck dick just stop and like i just remember being like my hips went back and i'm like i am not poking him with this i am not poking with this and i had like a weird like hug where like my hips were far enough away and i was like yeah oh my god i love that that's the questionable thing that happened to me this week that was like "Mm." so we actually almost made through the entire episode and we never hashtag anything so we did not are we gonna hashtag a sadness boner bingo Actually, can we hashtag Mike's sadness boner? Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Let's do Mike that. Sadness boner. Hashtag Mike's sadness boner. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. should probably tell people what to do with those. Yeah, we should. Retweet or post somewhere about the podcast using these hashtags just because it's funny. Yeah, and then actually if uh... – if you see anywhere where you can give a review, I think it'd be great if you gave us a five-star review and then told a story about if you've ever had a sadness boner or not. Let us know. I don't want to read those. I'm kind of curious. I'm actually... I mean, right now... Uh, right now it's theoretical for our two listeners. No, I was saying right now it's theoretical for our two listeners. You know, but Did you have a sadness boner during this episode? No. Like, it wasn't about... I wasn't getting a boner for sad... Oh, my God. Are we done? Yeah, we're definitely done. Roll credits! Thanks for listening to Interrobang. Chat with us on Twitter at Podcast, Or send us an email about your sadness boner to Mike. Just kidding. Send that to, send us an email at enteropodcast at gmail.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-R-O. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher... Pocket casts. We're on a lot of places. We'll be in. We're gonna be in other places soon. So stick, stick with us. Uh, also, please let us know what you think. And like Mike said, please leave us a review, five stars, or whatever you feels worthy of our podcast. Probably five stars. And I don't have an obscure holiday. I bet you I can look it up in like two seconds. Okay. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Fuck off. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Happy National Women's Friendship Day. (laughs) Happy National Women's Friendship Day. (laughs) But we're laughing. That makes us sexist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. We're kind of sexist. Cool. But I'm kind of sexy. Okay, bye. Bye.